0: Hello and thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Our Shared Experience. If you're watching this on my LaFleur Parkour YouTube and you're like, what the heck is Our Shared Experience? Well, I have another YouTube channel that I just started um, that is all about this, right? It is also a podcast that is available on all major podcast platforms including Spotify, which I tend to listen to podcasts on all the time. and uh, it's a little bit different. So if you guys are listening to this on the usual platform, today is going to be interesting because I'm talking about going pro, and I think this can be used very much in the parkour space, and I will use parkour as a reference quite often throughout this video, but also um, it doesn't need to just be parkour, and the reason we're doing this video is called how to go pro, not GoPro like with a camera but like how to go pro how to be a professional at whatever it is that you love to do Um, I myself have always taken all the things that I love and figured out a way to make money off of it and um, and just live and be a professional in those things and it wasn't always about being a pro this or a pro that it was A lot of my life and how I considered, especially early on, what was being a professional this or professional that was just, can you make money off of it? Uh, In the very beginning of parkour, it was like, you know, the urge to want to call myself a professional parkour athlete was there from pretty early on, even before that was really considered a thing because I got involved in parkour pretty early. So the very first time where I was like, oh, that's it, I'm pro, was when I got I booked a kind of film slash commercial with Eastman Kodak company and they flew me up to Rochester, New York. And we did like a few days of shooting with these giant film cameras. And it was this incredible experience where I got paid to be a parkour athlete. And I was like, this is life. I want to do this forever. And here I am now. Uh, so, but it, that didn't make me a professional parkour athlete and, and how you, Considers someone pro in in any one thing is is going to vary, you know. In a lot of sports and action sports, it's like is a professional athlete someone who takes themselves serious. Is it just like you have a training regimen, you work out, you have a correct diet, and you're working with these trainers, and you're you're a pro athlete? Um, is it someone that just makes a living off of doing the thing they love? Is it you are competitor that has won major competitions? Um, you know, if you're in the art space, what makes you a professional artist? Is it selling a single painting? Is it selling multiple paintings, having your own gallery space? Um, I don't know. It's like I think it's a combination in a and a mixture of, of so many different ingredients based on the thing that you are trying to go pro in and uh i myself you know it's funny because i live in this very interesting space in the stunt man world where a lot of times i i don't it's not like imposter syndrome but it's like i feel like i'm not a stunt man because i'm not someone who like trains fights goes out works on falls does all this stuff But then you look at my IMDb resume and under the stunt category, I have 25 major film credits and I'm doubling all these actors and UV shows as the main stunt guy. And all of a sudden you're like, well, what makes you a stunt man? You know, I'm a parkour athlete that gets stunt jobs is a lot of the times how I feel. Um, But a lot of those jobs I'm getting aren't just parkour anymore. So like, where does that line get drawn, and, and when do I start to believe in the fact that I'm actually a stuntman and not feel weird about saying it? Um, and I guess the question is also, why do, why do you feel weird about saying that, Chessie? Well, because I, I know that there's other stuntmen that are like, devoting their life to the stunt industry, whereas I have devoted a lot of my life to being a professional parkour athlete, and that it feels like I don't. I feel like other people deserve the title of stuntman way more than I do because of the stuff that they've done and dedicated their life to doing it. So, anyway, um, what makes you pro? You know, in our sport, it's it's so many elements. It's I think it's a mixture of, you know, yeah, are you being paid to do what you love? Your skill level, obviously. I think one of the big elements in our sport, and probably this relates to most things in the world, which is a really weird one, is do the your peers, do the professionals, the already pros in that industry, do they consider you pro? You know, and, and do will other stunt guys, do they call me a stuntman, you know? Um, artists would do other artists know me and go oh yeah he's a he's an incredible professional artist um and those are the questions that you need to ask yourself but in parkour it's interesting because you're like well, how do you consider you know like if if all the other pros have to consider you a pro to become pro well how did they become pro you know what i mean so it's like this weird like chicken and the egg kind of thing But at the end of the day, all the pros in our sport know who's pro. They get it. There's elements, and those elements that I think subconsciously affect our decision to consider another professional parkour athlete pro is like a mixture of like the visibility online, the marketing ability, right? Like how much have I seen of their stuff? Skill levels, obviously a huge one. If you don't have the skill to be a pro worst you can be as famous as you want but we're not going to consider you professional if you can only do a webster and, and a four foot precision you know it just doesn't work like that um so you have to mix all these things together so we have that right we have do the pros consider you pro um are you making a living off of doing this thing which i don't know if that's actually the most important but it's one of the earliest ones that make people feel like they are pro without all the other elements uh Marketing, have you built an audience? Have you built a following behind this craft? Do all, is there a general audience that also believes with you that you're a professional? Um, And then, yeah, it's just like, I think, and then the other one's really like, yes, it's the craft. Do you uphold a certain level of skill in the thing that you love? And do you believe that you are pro? And I think that is probably one of the biggest elements that will help get you there. So like I said earlier, I got that first job with Eastman Kodak Company and I was, I, in my head I was like, boom, I'm a professional parkour athlete. I started putting on resumes, pro, professional parkour athlete, because all of a sudden it changed where if someone ever asked me like, oh, what, what does that mean? Oh, how are you a professional? Oh, well, I'm making money doing the thing I love. And um, I think that that could be with anything. I think it's a, you need to be aware that if you find joy in something, whether it's doodling and drawing, or it's, um, I don't know, hiking, right? All these other things, traveling, all... Right now, we live in a world where you can literally be paid, if you have enough creative problem-solving skills, you can literally be paid to do anything. And I've done it my entire life, you know, like, I found something fun. Uh, I love the water park that I used to live near, so I got a job being a lifeguard there for two years i grew up in action sports and i just like loved skating loved bmx loved rollerblading all these different things so i got a job at a skate park and became the head camp counselor worked there six summers in a row and and it was the best job of my life right like i enjoyed every day waking up to go skate in the sun and like it, it doesn't get better than that um but it was also odd things you know like I just, when I found something fun, like I found a pogo stick, there's a pogo stick company called Flybar, it used to make those big pogo sticks, like this big, and you can jump six feet in the air, well with my background of BMX, I was able to already do like saran wraps and X-ups and supermans on this thing, and, um, and I was just like, this is freaking fun, so this was probably 15 years ago, something like that, I don't know, um, maybe even more, Ended up getting paid to jump on a pogo stick. this I reached out to the company, sent them some videos, uh, and they were like, "Oh, well, why don't you, if you're interested, we'll pay you to come out and just do demos at these fairs or street fairs and things, and we'll create a little section for you, and you could just bounce and do tricks, and that'll bring people into the booth to buy these." I was like, "That's awesome." So right now, I'm, I'm finding so if you guys didn't know i went to school for art i got my bachelor's of fine arts um, in sculpture with a concentration on video projectional performance kind of thing so it was this weird mix of like creating installations and things like that at that time i found an interest in creating paintings or creating art with sound as a visual medium how do i use sound an audible thing and create it visually, and I started to do all these different things. And right now, we're surrounded in the studio that we're in by all these different crystal paintings and sound paintings with speakers and all these different materials. And um, I'm in a place where I still really like to do it, but there's part of me that hasn't shifted into wanting enough of to to make it my thing and become a professional artist. Um, I believe a lot in what I'm doing but I also feel like I'm still exploring something. So maybe I don't believe in in my art enough to want to take it serious. You know, I keep shooting all these videos of the process, but then the videos just sit there and I'm not editing them. I'm not putting them out. I'm not pitching them to my audience and posting them on Instagram. I go through these little windows of like, I should do it. I should do it. Let me do a little bit. And then um, I back off of it. So the big part of like going pro is like, really wanting it because at the end of the day the other thing that you need to do to go pro is work like work your ass off and that sounds like it isn't fun but what i mean by that is like sometimes working your ass off really isn't difficult right like filming a cool fly bar pogo stick video editing it and finding a contact to where to send it, and then reaching out, sending that video, because, hey, it would be fun to do this thing, is, is work in relation to fun. So for me personally, I've always just thought, all right, well, if I enjoy doing something, there's probably a way to get paid to do it. And there's no better thing in the life than to make money doing what you love. And um, I've, I've made an entire life out of it, and uh, I couldn't be more happy but you need to work and you need to really dive into like what that looks like and you know in other podcasts I've talked about or will talk about um, the creative problem solving the third door aspect how you can always find a different way to market yourself and come into like how to introduce yourself to someone or how to make a business or how to do the thing that you love um, in a more creative way. So do work, but be creative about the way you approach it. Don't just look at the way that other people have done it and then try to replicate that because what other people do doesn't always work for you and who you are in your current location situation, monetarily, um, all these different things play into like if something is gonna work for you. So what you need to do is figure out your own status, figure out what you love and then just go for it man that's the that's the last tool I'll give you is like don't wait if you want to go pro, fail fast right I, I've probably said it before in this podcast, but I love it I love this is my effort to fail fast right like I'm just gonna make these if no one ever watches them best part about it is that I'm doing something I love, I'm speaking out, I'm listening to my own advice come out of my mouth and then trying to figure out like, do I believe that that's correct and fighting myself in my own thought process. And that's why this becomes a very, not just therapeutic, but very valuable element of my morning is coming out here and doing this with you. So for me, again, this doesn't need to make money. I might start to really like the way it is. But right now I feel like I'm still finding my voice. I'm still finding the process of whether or not I want to really dive in and write things down and figure out exactly what I'm going to say and talk about to you guys, or if I'm just going to come out here and let it be stream of thought. So either way, I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you're watching on my love flare parkour page, be sure to check the link in the description below to my new YouTube page, our shared experience. Um, currently, I think it's only got like 20 subscribers, which is completely fine with me. Um, But if you want to hear and watch more of these, there's a few more already on there. So go check them out. Uh, If you're listening to this on any of the major podcast platforms, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to leave a review, subscribe, hit that like button. And uh, also, if you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that notification button because YouTube algorithm is kind of silly. And the only way you're going to see these is if you do that. So thank you guys for tuning in. Peace out, everybody.